Great stories, epic songs, Podplays. If you enjoy the new and original music you discover in Podplays, be sure to stream or download these songs anywhere you currently get your music. Simply search the artist name Podplays, and please remember to like, follow, and share with all your friends. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you that if you want to be a fly on the wall in conversations you probably wouldn't be able to listen to otherwise, you really need to subscribe to the Marty Ray Project Chats podcast. Marty Ray and Chris Wallen chat with some of the most interesting people in entertainment, from Burt Kreischer and Vanilla to Faison Love, DDP, Dina Carter, Herb Dean. They chat with some really interesting people. This show is like potato chips. I guarantee you, you can't just listen to one. Subscribe, download, rate, and review the Marty Ray Project Chats wherever podcasts are heard. Welcome to the pod play entitled Daytona in December, adapted from the screenplay by Dina Costner, episode one of two. Ocean waves crash on the South Daytona Beach shoreline. You can see it from a narrow road that runs toward a lighthouse that sits as a beacon, tall and proud. On the road, traffic is stopped in both directions as a large snapping turtle lumbers across. Car horns blast and drivers were shouting. The turtle freezes, hissing, its reptile neck stuck way out. A truck with Joe's construction painted on the door pulls to the shoulder and passes the cars, stopping next to the turtle. Sam Cross climbs out of the truck and strides toward the turtle. Handling her from the backside, Sam picks up the turtle who swings her head and snaps. Girl, quit hissing. I'm helping you out. He lowers her to the marshy grass beyond the road and the turtle immediately recoils into her shell. There you go. Now stay put. Grass ain't greener over there. He hops back into the truck and pulls off. Traffic moves again amidst the honks. A large wave crests and crashes onto the white sand of the beach. In a Manhattan law firm, a receptionist typing on a laptop sits behind a big mahogany desk between two large green ferns. Leather sofas and stylish end tables create an affluent atmosphere. Behind the receptionist, a corridor runs parallel to several glass-enclosed offices. In his office, Tom Bench props his feet on the desk. A paper plane dangles in his hand. The telephone rings. He launches the plane and sits up. Tom Bench? Julie, how's my favorite realtor? Hmm... That's pretty risky. Silent partner or not, if you don't disclose your part, you could lose your license. Tom relaxes back in his chair, feet back up on the desk. Sure, I know Lori Smith. She works here. If you want an introduction, I could help. She's kind of nerdy. That's when Tom leans forward and scans across a bevy of secretaries. Over to Lori's office. Lori Smith concentrates on a computer screen, adjusting her glasses. She tidies her hair, sticking stray curls back into a tight bun. The walls of her office display prints of classical art. She gets up from the desk, straightens a picture, picks up a plant and carries it to the windowsill. She glances over the New York skyline, gray with rain clouds. Lori turns from the window, which frames a construction site, flying a banner that reads, Joe's Construction. Yes, sir. I'll be right there. She gathers her belongings, puts on a suit jacket, and rushes from the office down the corridor. In his office, Tom twists to watch Lori leave as he continues the telephone conversation. Beach motel, but has to operate it all winter for a handful of old coots. What kind of deal is that? Hey, grease my palm and I'm your man. You're certainly my kind of woman. Later that afternoon, Tom knocks as he enters Lori's office. Hey, I need a favor. Can't, Tom. I have a deadline to meet. But I really need this done. What do you need? Some old real estate quotes. Come on, you're the only one who can find information like this. I'll buy you lunch in return. No, I don't do lunches. I have too much work. 
Well, how about dinner? I don't do dinner with colleagues. It's not professional. Professional or not, Tom and Lori sit at a table for two. Both have a coffee. Now, is this so bad? You saved me hours. Real estate's a funny thing. It's all about timing. I just lease. When Mom died, I moved into the city. Shorter commute. You like apartment living? Eh, makes sense. Don't you ever dream of living someplace else like the beach? (laughs) I hate sand in my shoes. They awkwardly finish the coffee and Lori grabs her jacket and leaves. Before she's even out of sight, Tom has his cell phone up to his ear. Baby, I'm hot. All but delivered. (laughs) She'll be a pushover. Send Cunningham in. The following morning, Cunningham and Lori sit in Johnson's office with a desk between them. Your great uncle died in September. He left everything to his closest relative. You're the only one. Who? Ralph Smith. Smith's my father's name. Your father's uncle, too. He left you money, an old beach motel, and his ashes. Motel? Where? Daytona Beach. I think I've been there once when I was young. You need to come down now so we can get this will through probate. I've got a full schedule here. Just assigned a new case. I can't possibly go. Well, the will stipulates the motel stays open through the winter season for the snowbirds who fly in. Snowbirds? Old people. They come every year for the winter. No, no, no. I don't do old people. They complain too much. Hey, the land's more valuable than the buildings, but it'll be spring before you can sell. Cunningham swings back to Johnson. She needs to get this settled. Yes, but I need her here. We build our cases on her research. Yeah, the will stipulates she has to be on site for the winter season. We're talking big bucks. She has to be back in New York by the first week of December for final preparations. This new case we have is sensitive. She can be gone a few days. Well, Lori, you can do the prep work off-site. Conference calls, Zoom meetings. But I don't the want... The caretaker is tired of babysitting the motel. And if he leaves, the motel will go to pot. He'll be relieved to see you on board, Lori. Johnson stands, as does Cunningham. They shake hands. All right, good. Well, Cunningham, let's go get a drink. The two men leave Lori behind. She snaps her fingers. What am I, invisible? In her office, Lori wipes down the top of an already clean desk. Tom peeks in. Hey, you okay? You're just the person I need. Always glad to help a colleague. What do you know about beach property? They aren't making it anymore. (laughs) Well, I just inherited a motel. Cool. I don't want a motel. So sell it. You'll be rich. There's some clause. If I'm going to do that, I have to be on site for the winter. Well, that's not a bad life. But I might get a promotion here. Hardly. They've got you pegged. Gopher girl. Gopher? Know any realtors in Daytona? Mm, Give me a day or two. I can find the right person. Leave it to me. He leaves her office and punches in a telephone number, waiting for an answer. Julie, it's me. She's hot to trot.
The next morning, still dressed in business attire, Lori drives to Daytona. She goes through St. Augustine by the large Coquina Ford and across the Bridge of Lions. Below, sailboats and yachts are silently cutting through the sparkling water. Following a beach road with the Atlantic to her left, pelicans fly in formation overhead. She follows their lead. After a while, she pulls to the roadside and gets out to watch the surf roll in. Driving on, the large hotel complexes and condos come into view. A sign, Daytona Beach City Limits, appears. After a while, she spies a weathered sign that reads Ralph's Inn, and below it, a vacancy sign. Lori pulls in and parks next to Joe's construction truck. She clings to her open car door, examining the property. The motel office fronts the road, with the second floor rising above it, and beyond the pool, an unlit shuffleboard court. Slowly, she walks over the grounds, climbs to the top of the dune stairs, and looks at the surf pounding in below. Sam steps out of his office. His shirt flaps open. Seeing Lori, he fumbles to button his shirt. Hey, you need a room? Lori turns, startled. She steps down into the light. Who are you? I run this place. Well, I'm the new owner, Lori Smith. Oh, Sam Cross. Come on in. In the motel office, a long counter divides the room. Behind it, a high-backed stool and a daybed. In front, an overstuffed chair faces a television, which blasts the world news. Lori pushes the service bell on the counter, and a loud ding fills the small space. She holds up a beer can. You drink on the job. Yep, it's a prelude to my supper. This isn't a cocktail lounge. It's a business. You're kind of snappy, aren't you? I bet you haven't eaten yet. I was anxious to get here before it got dark. Good timing. I was just about to leave. Who keeps the motel open? Well, now that you're here, you do. We can talk business tomorrow. I come in each evening for a beer and to watch the news. I pay you to do that? That behavior has to stop. Come on, lady. Let's get you something to eat. He turns off the light and heads toward the parking lot. The passenger seat of his truck is covered in blueprints, empty Coke cans, and burger wrappers. He grabs them and stuffs them in the back. Cautious, Lori gets in. How did you know I hadn't eaten? You're snapping like a turtle. But I'm not a turtle. Lori crosses her arms. Sam crosses his arms. Really, Miss Turtle? You're in a shell right now. The following morning in the party room of the motel, Sunlight pours in, shining on the Spanish tile. Lori, unwaveringly in business attire, inspects her new surroundings, pad and pencil in hand. A kitchen hides behind louvered doors on one wall. Card tables and comfortable chairs are scattered around the room. A baby grand dominates one corner. Lori scribbles a note in the pad and then fingers the keyboard again, to emphasize her statement. If I'm in a cell, this mess has to clean up. Thoroughly, she goes from room to room, scribbling notes and frowning. After she finishes her appraisal of the motel, she walks down the steps to the beach. Sinking into the soft sand, she takes off her shoes, dumps out the sand, and then puts them back on, immediately sinking right back into the sand. Frowning, she gives up and takes the shoes off and just leaves them at the stair's edge. Seagulls run along the shoreline. Pelicans fly overhead. A lone fisherman is standing on the shore down the beach. He's casting out. Lori saunters to the ocean's edge, plants her feet in the surf. She lets the water run upon them. The tide cuts right into her stance. Behind her from the top step, Sam appears, and he watches her before he jogs down. Beautiful, isn't it? It's overwhelming. Only during a storm. Not the ocean. The motel. Are you hissing about owning a motel? Hissing? Yeah. I don't complain. I just hate the sand. Lori grabs her shoes and knocks them together. The old timers say, if you get sand in your shoes, you'll always return. Come on, I'll show you the ropes. Back at the office, they sit at the counter combing through the records. You make money in the winter months, bike weeks, spring break, and this place fills up for NASCAR races. Otherwise, it's slow. It used to hop. But Ralph got old and couldn't keep up. You love this place, don't you? Sam picks up a stack of reservation cards. 
Ralph put his life into this motel while others were selling, taking the big bucks and moving on. And getting your disapproval. Depends on what you want in life. All right, now let's see. Your December through March is booked solid with regulars. They've all been coming here for years. The will stipulates they get this coming season. Then it's mine to do with as I want. Well, either way, it's yours now. He slaps the cards down and swings out the door. Lori's mouth drops open. She picks up the cards and flips through them. But, but I need help. Hold on, we weren't finished. Well, I am. He spins toward the beach. I, I pay you to walk the beach? Not near enough. He stops to examine Lori in her business suit. Don't you have any beach clothes? Why? They aren't needed in my real job in New York. Well, Miss Turtle, I've got a real job too. But I've got beach clothes. So, you moonlight. Well, if you valued this paycheck, there are some changes going to be made. No drinking, no walking the beach at my expense. It isn't professional. Lady, you need to lighten up. This is a beach town. Come on. You need the right clothes for this job. At the surf shop, Lori pulls through racks of bathing suits, finally picks out two conservative ones, and adds them to her pile of yoga pants and sports clothes. Sam spins through a bikini rack, pulls out a skimpy one, holds it up, grins, puts it on the top of the pile. You might make a nice bikini girl. You're sick. The cashier runs Lori's purchases. Sam lays money on the counter for the bikini. Don't waste your money. I won't wear it. They leave the shop and toss the bags into the back of Sam's, Joe's construction truck. I'm hungry. Want to get a burger? I don't eat fast food. I like some grease. It's not healthy. Are you always so proper? You always live at the beach? Yep, beach bum. Nothing to be proud of. Hey, at least I'm honest. No, you're blunt. Snap, snap. Now who's the turtle? Not me. I don't hiss, and I'm not slow. Back at the motel on the pool deck, Sam and Lori lounge on the pool chairs eating hamburgers. They both reach for a fry at the same time. Sam grins as he draws his hand back. Not bad, huh? Lori rolls her eyes but still takes the fry and smears it with ketchup. Soft lights cast down in the pool. You have to watch for light pollution. Turtles hatch at night and follow the moon back to the sea. City lights, they confuse them. You surprise me. An environmentalist who likes grease. I learned to swim in this pool. I can't remember anything but some boy pushing me in. Sam studies her, shakes his head. Lori turns to him, kind of serious. I made a list of things that need to be done in the rooms. What sort of things? Like painting, new linens, updated plumbing. You said you weren't staying. Well, the guests deserve more. Ralph left some ideas, so I'll bring them over tomorrow. What time can you be here? I'm on another job until about five. I usually work here until eight. And it looks like we're on my time now, so don't get snappy. How long have you been doing this? All my life. No, really. Really. I started doing odd jobs for Ralph when I was a kid. Mom worked nights and I ran the streets. He kept you out of trouble. You could say that. So, where's your mom now? He jumps up and crushes the trash into a tight wad. Flicks his wrist for a basketball shot into a nearby garbage can. Rings it. Boom. See you tomorrow, Miss Turtle. He walks to the truck without a backward glance. In her bedroom, Lori is propped up in bed. Open French doors lead to a second-story balcony. The crash of the surf echoes below. She opens a briefcase and reads the top pages, clicks on her laptop. Across the room, a printer spits out papers. She examines the papers and highlights sentences, frowns. How's it going? I just found the company Mr. Johnson assigned me. I'm not talking shop. The motel. How's it going? Oh, she fingers the warm bedspread. It's embarrassing to have people pay for these accommodations. Nothing says you have to upgrade. I found you a local company, Sunshine Realty. Julie McMillan will call you. Wait. Okay. She scribbles the name, Julie McMillan, down on the edge of a paper. My client just arrived. Tom cuts off the call. Lori looks into her dead phone and tosses it aside.
On the pool deck the next morning, Lori stands with Julie McMillan, who's Florida-dressed, but her voice is New York sharp. The pastel colors soften her abruptness. She wears navy stilettos. Lori's prim in her dark suit and tight bun. The two women stare into the pool. This is outdated. Pools need lazy rivers. Julie turns back to the units. Her heels snag on a cracked tile. She teeters, almost falls. Lori catches her. Julie steps out of the shoe while Lori twists the shoe free. New shoes! They look good. Only a slight scratch. Better get that crack fixed before someone sues you. Right. This whole place needs remodeling. It'll cost you to remodel. But won't it help sell the units? See that large body of water out there? That's what sells. Oceanfront is valuable. Of course, prices are down, but you'll still clear a few million. But the units are so... This dump, it'll be leveled in a day. Lori sucks in her breath, clamps her mouth shut, checks out the complex, and frowns. I'm going back to New York. Work or play, have it your way. Julie walks back to her sedan, clicking her heels with confidence. In the motel dining room, Lori hums as she sets the table. She wears the new beach clothes, but her hair still remains in a tight bun. From the small laundry room, she brings out a colorful vase for the table. Stepping back, she admires the centerpiece. Sam walks in and drops blueprints on the table. Examining the centerpiece, eh, he shrugs, then puts a six-pack in the refrigerator and opens one. Are we eating with that tonight? I like the color. It's Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, what's left of him. <gasps> Ashes? Yep. Oh, gosh. I, I thought you buried him. I'm waiting for the old-timers to get here. They've got a ritual. He picks up the papers and blueprints and pushes aside the table settings. Here, look. I've got some simple plans. Or spectacular. Something Ralph had me draw up before he died. Let me see Ralph's plans. Sam raises an eyebrow, unrolls a paper, and traces with a knife. You add another ten units to this side, and you'll still have parking. You can even add another floor. But the ones we have don't fill up. Why more? Marketing. The profit margin goes up with more units. Hmm. And what's this area over here? That's a lazy river. It needs a gazebo. He sketches in the design. Done. Putting it on paper doesn't cost you. That's the easy part. Ralph did leave some money for remodeling. It's a poor investment if you're not staying. That's what makes this so hard, not knowing the right thing to do. I didn't even know what a lazy river was until this afternoon. A real estate agent came by to talk about the property. So the sharks are swarming. I hope you didn't sign anything. Of course not. This will be a gold mine for them. Who came? Julie McMillan. Ah, uh, New York shark. You know her? We're on the same chamber committee. Save the beach. <laughs> like she cares. She just sells the beach. How did you find her? A New York friend recommended her. You better be worried about that friend. He's totally unbiased. We work for the same firm. The land's worth millions. If it's money you want. Yeah, I might get a promotion at work. Good for you. New York is a different lifestyle. This place can make real money, but it'll be a real job. What do you think I should do? Turtle, leave me out of this. You think I'm slow? No, I think you're frozen in the middle of the road, and everyone's honking. This is premium property. Buyers will be standing in line. He rolls up the plans. Show me your renovation list. Lori reads from her tablet. Name each room, new linens, four poster beds, new paint. This place needs a new name. Nothing's wrong with the one it has. Are you resisting change? You need an interior designer? No. I started out as an interior designer, like my mother. She walks over to the window. She lowers her voice and she stares in deep thought. But when Daddy died, I changed careers to honor him. Sam takes a guzzle of beer, tosses the can, gets another, he watches her dreamy state. You talking to yourself or me? Just thinking out loud. You got about three weeks until your guests arrive. I'll need help to be ready. Probably more than you can handle. Know anyone? <laughs> I got a few guys that owe me a favor. They sit down to eat. Lori takes a bite. Sam puts his hand over hers and bows his head. Dear Lord, for this food we thank you. Amen. You're a praying man. I had good upbringing. He takes a bite of roast. Lori waits. This is great. I'm not sure about these green balls, though. Brussels sprouts. It's impolite not to taste everything. Sam squints at her and spears a sprout. 
Slowly, he bites in. I can eat them. Ralph and I ate dinner together most every night. Of course, he liked hamburgers. Lori nods over toward the laundry door. And you see what happened to him? Over the next couple of weeks, with the help of a small crew, Lori and Sam install new carpet and drapes. They give the rooms a fresh coat of paint. They update the bathrooms with a new tile and soap tubs, and new furniture is ordered and delivered. This looks good. It sure does. You have an eye for this, but... But what? This might be all for naught. Well, it's for the guest. My life could use a little touch of color And brighten up all these walls We could go room by room Take out what used to be Fill it with something new that might fix it all Let's do this together, now and forever You'll make it better, I can already see that Something is changing, it's all rearranging We could be building a dream Touch the sky Don't be afraid, I got you We can do anything Hold on my love and just fly Let's do this together Now and forever You'll make it better I can already see that Something is changing it's all rearranging We could be building a dream Didn't know what this place could be In your eyes I like what I see We'll return to the pod play Daytona in December in 60 seconds. We now return to the pod play entitled Daytona in December. They walk at the beach's edge. The sky shines with stars and she looks up. Ah, it's beautiful. The moon peaks from behind a cloud, rays reflecting on the waves. White caps are dancing. The wind whips through Lori's bun. Her hair ringlets sweep out. She shivers. Sam's arm reaches around Lori's shoulder, knocking her bun loose. Her hair falls to her shoulders in ringlets. Lori innocently runs her hands through her hair. It looks good down. Up makes me look like a lawyer. Oh, so that's your career. <laughs> and I was giving you advice not to sign anything. The moonlight falls on him. He stares into her face. Oh, I, I need to go. He spins back toward the motel, leaving Lori on the beach. She walks to the water's edge. White foam swirls around her feet. Lori can feel Sam on the stairs watching her, and she kind of grins. He's scared of me. 
In the morning, construction workers spread over the grounds laying out red stakes for the lazy river and the hammer on the gazebo. In their midst stands Lori, Julie, and Cunningham. Lori takes his extended hand. Whose attorney are you, Ralph's or Julie's? I represented your uncle for years. Did you know about the land before Tom called you? Certainly. Everyone knew old Ralph died. I thought you were selling. Why the construction? I wanted to fix a crack in the decking. This is more than fixing a crack. I'm putting a fact sheet together. I want the paperwork in order. That's why Cunningham's here. You are still planning to sell, aren't you? Yes. Smart. You keep this decrepit place and you'll work your butt off. Julie turns and walks to where Cunningham is pacing off the front footage of the area, comparing it to the land plat. The two whisper at the ocean stairs. Julie's hands design an imaginative high-rise. Her voice breaks through. Wrap it up. He's all about making money. Troubled, Lori watches their departure as she caresses a flowering bush by the door. In the evening, a gazebo overlooks the area with new landscaping. Sam and Lori stroll by the wet semen of the empty, lazy river. It's going to take about a week for the cement to harden. It looks just like you drew. How did you know how to do that? Part hobby, 100% work. Your buddies did all the work. I was on another project. I thought you'd stop by. (laughs) You missed me? No. (laughs) Thursday's Thanksgiving. I'm cooking. You're invited. What's my part? The history of my guest. They start arriving next week. Oh, I know their history. I was a sneaky little boy. Tomorrow's my turn to patrol the beach. Come with me. It'll be early. I'll be ready. The morning breaks over the deserted beach and a bright orange jeep driving on the hard sand. Lori is bundled in a windbreaker in shorts. Along the dunes are fences with rope and orange flags. See those? They mark turtle nests. He stops and jumps out to pick up garbage and waits for a fisherman to walk by. They watch the man setting up fishing poles in plastic tubes and then drive on. We're coming up on your place. Would you look at that? You had a visitor last night. Sam points to ruts in the sand beyond the high tide marks. Lori examines the marks and a mound of sand. A leatherback. They're the only ones to lay eggs this late. How long until they hatch? Hard to tell. Between 60 to 70 days. They don't all hatch on the same night. Will we see them hatch? Sure. It'll be a full moon. Of course, you'll have to be here. Oh. I'll stay until that happens. These little guys are going to need all the help they can get. I wonder how many generations have returned to this spot. It's been hundreds of years. Long before this sand was Daytona Beach. In the evening by the pool, Sam grills fish fillets while he sips a beer. Lori sits beside the pool, dangling her hand in the water. Oof, it's cooler in the evenings. Yeah, winter's coming. I didn't think Florida had seasons. <laughs> of course we do. You won't feel it this year. Your blood's too thick. Next year. Next year? Who knows? It's pretty here. I'll miss it. You shouldn't have remodeled. You encouraged it. This was your idea. You need to get out of the road, Miss Turtle. Pick a side. Lori pulls her jacket close and stands up. You know a lawyer named Cunningham? Sure. Ralph's attorney. Julie's, too. He's into beach property. Everyone's pushing for a sell. Who's everyone? Julie. That's how she earns her living, selling property. She'll get a big commission off this. Who else thinks you should sell? Cunningham, Tom. Who's Tom? Another lawyer. Wait, I know what you're going to say. That's how he earns his living. But he isn't a part of this deal. Then what is he? Your boyfriend? No. Real estate's his specialty. If he's the friend who found Julie, then he's involved. No way. Okay, the guest will be coming soon. He'll get here first. Well, Jacob Steinberg, a retired accountant, will be the first to arrive. He audits the books and does Ralph's taxes. He'll probably drive the whole way from New York, so Ted, his caregiver, will be a nervous wreck. He's usually pretty quiet, though. Sam spatulas the fish off the grill, sets it on the table, and pulls a chair out for Lori. Manners. Miss Lily's fault. She'll roll in on a 12-wheeler. A friend of hers drives. Too proud to take money for an airline ticket. He goes to the counter for a photo album, turns to a page, and scans for a picture. Then he points to it. That's Marilyn Swan. 
She's an old-timer. In the faded photo, a slim woman suns by the pool in a 60s two-piece swimsuit. Her long hair flows down her back. Lori pulls the album closer to examine the picture. She doesn't look like that anymore. She owns a chain of beauty salons. Don't let her around your hair with scissors. Lori's hand darts to a picture on the opposite page. That's Mother. A woman sits in a pool chair. A little girl stands beside her in a swimsuit. And that's me. (laughs) Cute kid. She turns the page to another picture of Lori as a child, stretching to be as tall as the boy standing next to her. He holds a big ball. Behind them is the pool. That's me. Is is that boy you? Yeah. First year I started hanging around here. I followed this little girl with a ball from the beach to the motel. It was you. You pushed me in the pool. <laughs> Probably. I wanted your ball. I remembered the ball, but not you. I was pretty young. Lori stops at another picture. A taller, skinnier boy proudly shows off a fish. That was the summer Ralph set up a cot so I could sleep over. The one in the office? My room until I left for college. College? Part of my punishment for hanging around here. They saw that I did my homework and paid my way to school. Sam points to another picture. And this is Reverend Lou. He's a long-haired Jesus freak. He flips through the album and stops where a photo is torn out. What's missing? My high school graduation picture. I don't know what happened to it. Ralph accused me and I accused him, but we never found it. He turns the page. A stout man with an arm draped around a tall, skinny Sam. That's Joe. I spent summers working for him. Great mentor. He died in July. Sam stands up for a drink of water and he turns back to Lori. Put that thing up. He walks out toward the beach and then turns, and he waits for Lori. You really miss them, don't you? Every day. Ralph was the father I never had. He taught me right from wrong, and Joe was like a favorite uncle. What about your mother? One day she just wasn't there. Didn't say goodbye, just left a sack of clothes on Ralph's step. Lori draws her arms into her shirt and hugs herself. Sam mimics her. You do that every time something upsets you. You sure? Don't ever play poker. So what's bothering you? You. First, I think you're a handyman. Now I'm not sure. Good. Keep your mind off that Tom fellow. Sam jogs ahead. Lori yells. You jealous? Sam just keeps running. The next evening, the guests start to arrive exactly how Sam described. Ted stands at the counter. From the overstuffed chair... Jacob breathes heavy, eyeing Lori. I went to my same room. Unit 6, I fixed things up. You shouldn't have spent any money until I checked the books. Ralph and I agreed on that. Oh, Sam. Mr. Steinberg. Jacob rises slowly to hug Sam, who dwarfs him. I was afraid you wouldn't come with Joe and Ralph both gone. What? I've been coming to Daytona in December for close to 50 years. In their hotel room, Ted unpacks his luggage while Sam sits with Jacob at the table. Hmm. I'm not sure I like all this change. It's more comfortable. There's a better use of space. You'll like it. Can a girl run this place? Yeah, if you give her a chance. Well, the motel hardly breaks even. Insurance rates have spiked. Listen, come to me with any problems. I'll be around. So, is she a sweetie? No, nothing like that. She's just a decent woman. An attorney. Oh, attorney. Still, she's a looker. I'll put in a good word for you. Leave it be. She needs to decide this without any outside influence. So all that charm I taught you is going to go to waste? Well, it is on this one. (laughs) Once you've checked Ralph's books, I've got a tax issue to discuss. Good. Most people act like I've lost my brains. Not you. They ease back for a comfortable visit. In the morning, Jacob sits at the kitchen table while Lori serves coffee. Before him, financial records and a basket of hot muffins. These are pretty good, but I like bagels with cream cheese and lox. Didn't Sam tell you? No, he told me you were a great tax person. Well, you ought to set your sights on him. He's soft. Sam, soft. No way. 
With coffee in hand, Lori scans Jacob's account books. I can't find what I pay Sam. Because you don't. He works for free? It's his home. The only one he's ever known. We're his family. I I must pay him something. Nah, he's got enough. Jacob buries his face in the ledger with a smile. Later on, as they sit by the pool, Jacob's face still in the ledger and a blanket around his shoulders. The motel lost money. Bound to happen with Ralph's illness and dying. Lori nods. Sam listens with interest. Not going to be able to stay in business if you can't turn it around. It's filled for the next three months. I've got one room open. Yeah, it's Joe's. Jacob pats his hand and snaps his finger for Ted. Jacob, move out of the other hotel. We need to fill this place up. A real estate agency's putting a package together for selling. You think that's what I ought to do? You know, I had the same talk with Ralph. He squints at her and then sneaks a side glance at Sam, who stands detached. Do you want to go back to that cold in New York? Jacob stands up, wheezing. Ted walks him to his room. Lori walks over to where Sam stands. You forgot to tell me he likes bagels for breakfast. They all do. New Yorkers. You should have inherited Ralph's motel. I have enough to say grace over. Their eyes meet. Hers uncertain. His confident. morning like clockwork a large semi pulls in. Lori and Sam wait in the parking lot. In the background Jacob braces himself in the open doorway. The semi driver lifts Miss Lily out of the rig and into Sam's arms. Her eyes dart to Jacob's door. A blush and a smile hover between them. Sam takes her hand with a kiss and a courtly bow. Miss Lily you are such a beauty. 
Miss Lily steps back for him to admire her and does a slow spin. Her white dress, yellowed from years, the lace torn down the collar. Sam tucks Miss Lily's arm under his, and Lori steps forward to greet her. Lori, may I present Miss Lily, the toast of stardom. This is Lori Smith. Miss Lily presents her hand in a royal manner. Lori curtsies to Sam's amusement and Miss Lily's delight. Oh, we're going to get along fabulously. Miss Lily gets settled into her room, cooing about all the upgrades, and then they all meet in the patio room. Jacob lounges in a recliner while Miss Lily sits at the piano and runs her fingers over the keys. She notices Lori's interest and makes room for her on the bench. Have a seat, my dear. This was your uncle's favorite. You're wonderful. She played at the Waldorf Astoria. People came from all around just to hear her play. These fingers can't take much more tonight. It was a long trip. Sam holds out his arm, and she takes it. As they pass Jacob's chair, she stops, and the two take hands and smile knowingly. Ted appears behind Jacob and pushes him out, stopping by where Lori cleans, humming the last song. Broad Sam, he's fresh meat. (laughs) While Lori washes dishes, Sam leans against the counter watching. She tosses a dish towel at him. He wipes a plate half-heartedly. You know, the angels will dry these dishes if you don't. Angels? Hardly. I hate clutter. Ugh. The group flying in tomorrow all have the same last name, Rose. Are they related? Well, sort of. Chef Brad is brother-in-law to Aunt Sally. He'll cook dinner every night. Aunt Sally's a retired teacher, and she taught me to read. A southerner who married a Yankee. Annie's her daughter. Yeah. Annie's your next generation of snowbirds. He drops the dishcloth on the drain and leaves a stack of wet dishes. I am headed to the beach. Oh, okay. Leave me to dry the dishes. What the heck? Let the angels dry them. Sam stands on the top step watching for Lori. He sees her coming, and he smiles. He jogs down a few stairs as if he doesn't see her, and then he turns to wait for her. I came for the beach. I came for the stars. Wow. The sky looks amazing. You can't see them like this in the city. Bring a blanket one night and we'll stargaze. Before it gets much colder. You cold now? He slips his arm around her and he draws her close. They walk down the beach, holding hands. A wave washes over their feet. Lori stumbles and falls into Sam's arms. He traces her cheek to her chin and he tilts her head up. He looks deep into her eyes. Stops. Steps away. Uh, oh, it's time to get back. We don't have a curfew. Sam walks back toward the stairs. Lori yells over the waves. I scare you. Certainly not. He picks up his speed to a jog. I do. Not at all, Miss Turtle. Not one bit. Snapper. She runs after him and catches up to him on the pool path. At Jacob's window, the blinds pull apart, and he peers out. Wait! Sam turns back. She takes his face between her hands as if to kiss him, then pulls back to hiss. I am not a turtle. She runs toward the motel office. (laughs) Really? The blinds in Jacob's window fall into place. His door eases open, and he slips into the next unit. Miss Lily's, where a soft light awaits. In her bedroom, Lori is propped on her bed searching for news articles. She finds one. New York firm Joe's Construction moves headquarters to Daytona Beach. New owner and CEO Sam Cross appoints. Sam, who are you? She pulls her cell phone out and hits the screen. Waits. Big lawyer firm. Mr. Johnson, right now. Hold, please. Yes? Mr. Johnson, I can't do this case. Assign someone else. I know the CEO. It's a conflict of interest. Sure you can. There's no conflict. You work for us. You aren't involved with him, are you? Lori stops her pacing, squeezes her eyes shut, and grabs her blouse. 
Lori looks long at the incoming waves and sighs. No, but... No buts. You were hired to find information. Now, listen. It's important that he doesn't know the company's being investigated. Understand? Yes, sir. Now, he'll cover for old Joe, who, according to our client, was mean as a snake. And this Sam fellow's probably cut from the same cloth. Don't be naive, Lori. You are coming back, aren't you? Yes, I'm coming back. This has been the Podplay, Daytona in December. Episode one of two, adapted from the screenplay by Dina Costner. If you've enjoyed the new and original music you've heard in this pod play, you can stream or download these songs anywhere, anytime from wherever you get your music. Or simply visit podplays.com for the songs, more pod plays containing more original music and entertaining bonus content. Search for the free pod plays app in the App Store now. Hey, I just wanted to take a quick second and tell you that if you want to be a fly on the wall in conversations you probably wouldn't be able to listen to otherwise, you really need to subscribe to the Marty Ray Project Chats podcast. Marty Ray and Chris Wallen chat with some of the most interesting people in entertainment, from Burt Kreischer and Vanilla to Faison Love, DDP, Dina Carter, Herb Dean. They chat with some really interesting people. This show is like potato chips. I guarantee you, you can't just listen to one. Subscribe, download, rate, and review the Marty Ray Project Chats wherever podcasts are heard. Great stories, epic songs. <laughs> Podplays. If you enjoy the new and original music you discover in Podplays, be sure to stream or download these songs anywhere you currently get your music. Simply search the artist name Podplays, and please remember to like, follow, and share with all your friends.